0: We were the leaders of the ex-gay movement. We believed that something must have happened to make you gay. Parents are learning about a program called Exodus, which claims
1: to convert gays.
0: We were promoting an idealized version of life. Gay people could be saved. I became a figurehead for this movement. My role was to get the message out. Homosexuality was changeable. I ached to be loved and to love a man.
2: Oh, put a pin in that. Let's start the show.
1: Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Yeah,
2: you know, hearing you say that sounds a bit antithetical to the message of the documentary that came before. There was a lot of past tense using being used in that. In that, uh, Bryce, you want to tell us about this Netflix? Yeah, thing? that's
3: that's an upcoming dec- documentary called Pray Away, coming to Netflix August third. It is it, in, it is a documentary about the, these gay conversion organizations, including Exodus, and uh, a lot of the interviews that they have are from former leaders or founders. Um, of that group, what used to what started off as a bible study group and is now a very, very large uh, gay conversion therapy organization uh it's it's fascinating because it's uh it's it's serious business and um i i uh, I'm excited to see this
1: uh, yeah, yeah uh, n- n- my, not not my story to tell, but my my brother came uh perilously close to going to i don't know if it was exodus but something like that wow. uh, and then my gosh, my sister and I were happy when he finally just came out instead and said, "You know what? Maybe I'm just gay." <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, thank goodness!" And he's uh, happily been with his partner for 25 years now. Uh, but but yeah, it's uh, it it was in the 90s, particularly like it was it was a very very widespread belief that you could be cured. Somehow. B-
2: before we dive in, uh, like man, oh man, has it been remarkable to be alive in the last forty-six years? Uh, where, where two things that I never would have expected: uh, the the repeal of prohibition of marijuana, and 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 the universal, the, the near universal acceptance of 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 of, 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 of gay friends <laughs> has been uh, amazing. And uh, I I have no segue to take that <laughs> to our to our guest uh, Bill Meeks. <laughs>
0: Uh, 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 uh bill Woo, meeks bill Mix. how are you sir great transition uh, I, I am great i am great and uh, thank you for not trying to kludge together a really awkward segue that would make yeah, me you know, like that like taboo
2: welcoming bill meeks wait i mean i mean but but, but i remember being you know a, 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 a young teenager and it's like like well these things will never become just universally okay and and here we are mm. in a world where i'm old and they're almost universally okay
3: Maybe not yeah,
0: the whole world really, over, but yeah, yeah. I I, I really uh, appreciate uh, documentaries like that that take a look at like an insular culture and a religion. Cause I grew up independent Baptist, which is like the Baptists are too extreme for us, so we need to be independent. So I kind of understand that kind of closed mentality that they have, and so it's always interesting to get a kind of a peek behind the curtain.
1: Yeah, also kind I of love scary. it when an independent Baptist gets called up to the major league Baptists. You know, it's, a, it's always a heartwarming story when they're able to work their way up.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tarantino was an independent Baptist, I heard.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns and, out he uh, ripped
0: and, off all his, his baptism <laughs> from the Chinese. <laughs> go, go,
2: look like, who do you think you're fooling? The independent movie.
1: Uh, Well, folks, uh, whether you are independent Baptist, uh, gay or otherwise, we welcome you to the show and we kick off with our primary target. There's a lot of talk about the future of simultaneous release. Uh, and if you're like, well, hold, hold on, hold, hold on. We mean uh, a movie comes out on streaming and in the theaters at the same time. All right. You it's didn't not,
2: help with that follow-up. I know statement. Rick and Morty, etc. <laughs> uh,
1: but well, we're talking. We're talking about uh, day and date. How's that? Is that better? Maybe I mean, that's look, better.
2: Yeah, you should go on a date.
1: Let's go with day and date. A lot of it may be overblown. Studios still need theaters, and theaters are not gonna let studios undermine their revenue at a time when they desperately need to generate that revenue to make up for more than a year of empty theaters. But there have been a lot of test cases about this, and things are already changed, and they're gonna change some more. the most recent and the biggest test came this weekend with the release of a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Black Widow, in theaters at the same time as on Disney Plus for 30 So You can pay to see it in the theaters, whatever the theaters are charging. You can pay to add it to your Disney Plus uh, experience for 30 bucks. I talked to more than one person about why it made more sense to go to the theater and or see it at home. Over this past week, everybody had a different calculus of why one or the other of those options made sense. So how did it do? Was there a clear preference? Black Widow took in $80 million over the weekend in the U.S., which is massive for a post-pandemic movie. Bigger than F9. And honestly, pandemic are not pretty good for a Black Widow tier Marvel movie. That is within 5 million of Dr. Strange's opening weekend, which is the closest Marvel movie uh, receipts wise it was. So it's, you could consider it Dr. Strange level success, but it also brought in $60 million worldwide on digital, not just the US, but worldwide. And if you're like, well, what about worldwide theaters? $78 million in theaters outside the US. So what does this all mean? Well. Bycom, CBS president of International Streaming Services, the person who oversees Paramount Plus, uh, said on a panel this morning, the success this weekend of Black Widow on both the theatrical and on the streaming side speaks to not only the complexity of navigating these windows, but also the opportunity, adding, we're going to continue to see lots of evolution with windows, lots of experimenting. So signaling to the theaters like, we're not done yet. We haven't, you know, set 30 days and that's it. Here are the factors to consider when you're making up your own mind about this. Disney Plus or not, you have to realize that theatrical number would have been higher without COVID. Uh, 19% of theaters in the U.S. are still not open, and not everybody feels comfortable going back to a big room filled with people yet. Also, keep in mind that people who paid to see it at home may have gone to the theater if they had no other choice, if if it had been theater only. But also, they might have just waited for it to come to video on demand. Not every person... Who paid to watch it at home would have gone to see it in the theater. We don't know the mix, but it's not as simple as adding 60 to 80 million. So uh, if it hadn't been available on Disney Plus, we don't know what would have happened. That home rental number also may or may not eat into second and third week theatrical numbers. Maybe people who would have gone to the theater next week just saw it at home because they could. uh, Or downstream revenue uh, like rentals or TV windows, et cetera. That's yet to be seen. Given all those caveats though, Brian, what do you think?
2: So there's a couple of different factors here. One of which is uh, there's a little bit of apples and oranges in that we're talking about $80 million domestic versus $60 million worldwide for the Disney plus stuff. Uh, but to me, the the hidden gem in all of this is, uh, am I right, Tom, in that this is the first time we've had a service loudly tout their their uh, local adoption in addition to worldwide receipts of box office stuff
1: no hbo has been doing that for hbo max okay uh, I, I should say warner has been doing that for hbo max in, in, but 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 it feels like this is the first time it's been this big of a movie because f9 was not available on demand and right. f9 was the previous biggest movie to black widow so it's it's definitely the the first major Blockbuster release to do it. The
2: the reason I ask is because I wonder if that's a silent shot across the bow to preserve the territory that independent or or sorry, large scale creators uh have have gained during the pandemic of destroying the the what 16, 90 day window or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. The 90 where, day window is pretty much dead.
2: Exactly. For sure. Where it's like they want to remind the movie theaters that it's like, no, 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 we are in control now. It's like it's like they're, they're looking like, at AMC, look here. I am the captain now. Uh, I've never seen that movie. Uh, But but, but the important thing is the mere fact of releasing the numbers is fascinating to me.
1: That's the interesting part. Yeah, 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 correct.
2: What about you, Bill?
0: I I think so, too, because I mean, you know, Warner Brothers, they've been doing a lot of, you know, simultaneous release in the theater and on HBO Max, uh, but they're not always releasing those numbers. Like I know for uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, for example, they didn't release any numbers about how it did at all. So I I think I think it's interesting that they're like uh, you guys were saying, I think that Disney is just trying to make people less nervous about theaters going away uh you know we mentioned tarantino a minute ago i know he's been uh, getting kind of loud promoting the once upon a time in hollywood book about how he doesn't want to see theaters go away he's a big champion that. yeah that's why so, he took his movie and put it into a book is because he
2: doesn't uh, want theaters to go away that seems like a reasonable thing for somebody with that position to do yeah,
1: yeah because well, we, we all made, know if people can read a book they'll never go see a movie that's right <laughs>
0: No, but it's an interesting, and uh, I, I'm kind of hoping we come to some sort of middle ground by the time all the pandemic stuff's over, where people are like, okay, well, we're, we're going to keep that theatrical window, but it's going to be like a week. And then, you know, digital extra charge, and then maybe a month out, two months out, it just goes to the service entirely for free. So let me,
2: let me throw this possibility out there, and this is entirely speaking to the way I might do a thing. Um, uh, Black Widow is the type of movie that I would not know going into it, whether or not my kids are going to like or not. I would definitely want a date night with my wife to go have, have, have a beer, have a hamburger, some fries, watch a movie, do the thing. And then afterwards I might enjoy a uh, spoiler alert. There's a lot of family stuff in there. Uh, I might decide that I love it so much that I want to share it with my kids. And, and I'm, the kind of nut that would buy it again for 30 bucks so that I could watch it again, or at least give my kids the opportunity to watch it again or to watch it for the first time on the service that we already have. How much double dipping do you think is happening right now?
0: Um, As for me, I I don't see myself as a double dipper necessarily because, you know, it's either take the kids out to the theater or, you know, just pile them on the couch, make some popcorn and watch them from home. So I I don't know if I would see myself doing that. Uh, On the other hand, I have seen a lot of my friends online talking about it and they were like, I had to get back to the theater. I had to go see Black Widow. And then as soon as I got home, I had to see it again because I really liked this part or this fight scene or whatever. So I don't think it's gonna be as big as one might think, but uh, definitely the family group makes a good use case for it and also my Facebook friends.
1: And that's the kind of unexpected behavior that we're finally going to be able to see because they're doing it, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. For for years, the theater's had a lock. Like, you don't give us 90-day exclusivity. You don't play your movie in our theater. Uh, Those days are definitely over. It's like you're saying, Brian. It's a negotiation. And it is, I think in the studio's favor that this made 80 million dollars because the rhetoric from both pro and anti side up until now has been well if you make it available the same day nobody's gonna go to the theaters they'll just watch it at home and that wasn't true at all 80 million dollars worth of not true a almost normal release maybe it could have been bigger but that's pretty great Considering the apocalyptic rhetoric around like, but if you make it available at home, you know, you'll, 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 you'll you'll take the legs out uh, from under it. Didn't take the legs out uh, at all. And in fact, I could also see the opposite scenario from what you guys are talking about, where somebody watches it at home and says, wow, that was pretty good. I want to see that on a big screen with a big surround sound in a dark room. I'm going to now go to the theater to watch it. And maybe they wouldn't have. Maybe they would have just waited for it to come to video on demand. I think that's possible too. Again, like you say, Bill, we don't know how big those numbers are. They're probably not huge, but it's the kind of effect that can counter the assumption of like, yeah, but if we only make it available in one place, everyone will be forced to go to that place and spend their money.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't think we talked about it on this show because it happened afterward. But I believe um, uh, 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 on our off week, I I went and saw F9, my very first time of seeing a fast franchise movie at all. (laughs) And all I knew is that my friend, Brett Rounceville, would be there. Justin may or may not be there. Uh, I knew there would be beer and pizza and pictures that moved in front of me. Uh, uh if, if you're interested, check out great night. Uh, I spend 15 minutes describing the first, sorry, I spend 25 minutes describing the first 15 minutes of, of F nine. But, um, uh, all I cared about was like, I just wanted to be with people and see it. And I can easily see, seeing a movie that I had already seen at home and saying like, oh my God, no, 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 you guys have to see this. And I want to be there when you see it. Let's all go that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it counters it, the assumption that seeing a theater movie in the theater is just about the movie, right? It is. I'm not saying it isn't, but there's a lot of people in our chat room. A lot of people listening right now going, I'll never step foot in a the theater again, as long as they make it available for me at home. There's also a lot of people who just really want to see them in movies. And there's even more people, I think, in the middle like you, Brian. They're like, yeah, if it's convenient, watch it at home. Great. But if I'm going to have fun, if the experience of going to the theater is going to be fun, I'll do that. Because friends, pizza, whatever. Right. And
2: this is the part that, you know, I don't know, the quiet part that I hesitate to say out loud uh, is, so my kids won't be there. Nobody's going to bother me. If the (laughs) phone rings, I can ignore it. I'll have a beverage. you're you're
1: required to ignore (laughs) it.
2: Yeah. And a pizza and pictures will move in front of me. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I'm listening. That kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And as a father too, Brian, it makes it kind of hard sometimes just because like you're looking for something to do. One of the defaults is going out to eat. Haven't been able to do that past year and a half. The other default is movies, which haven't been around. So if nothing else, it's, it's really nice to see theaters, you know, opening up and, you know, maybe once my last two kids get vaccinated, we can make it back out to the theater.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well folks, if you uh, saved money, somehow watching Black Widow and your method of choice, give it to us. Uh, we would like to continue to be able to tell you why it was awesome that you did the thing that you did. And the only way we can do that is with your direct support at patreon.com slash cord
2: Tom, I'm glad you brought this up because we haven't said this out loud, but saving money is a sin. And you should be ashamed of yourself. And the only way to absolve yourself of the sin of all the money you've saved and all the convenience you've enjoyed is to buy an indulgence from me and Tom, the priests of cord killing. Now, listen, we don't want to say that there's a cord killer God who demands that you kill all the cords. And we're not going to claim to be the two only, uh, along with Bryce, uh, uh, people uh, who are declared to look, just give us money. All right. Uh, card, <laughs> Patreon. yeah. dot patreon.com slash cord killers. That's when I was ask. a kid
1: and uh, I would go to confession. Father Schmidt would say like, okay, you swore this many times. You're mean to your sister. And, and I would say, I saved money. And he's like, and you didn't give it to cord killers. And I said, I haven't invented it yet. And he said, well, when you do, you won't be able to give money to it because you'll work for them. So you'll need to encourage others to do that. And that's what I'm it's my mission.
2: Right. So 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 and to be clear, this is a venal sin you have committed for your entire oh, yeah. life. Oh, yeah, not a mortal work. sin. You're <laughs> not you're gonna be fine. But you do want to balance those scales. Head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers. Give us a buck an episode. Keep us afloat. That's all we're asking. That's not yeah. unreasonable. Come on. You're doing the Lord's work.
1: Yeah. Now, how to watch.
2: In fact, that's it says that somewhere in that big book. It says, it says, hey, come on, man. Just give me a buck.
1: And thus they ended their plug and allowed Bryce to play how to watch. That's what it says. I think that's like verse 17 uh downstream revenues those are the ones studios make off a movie after it's been in the theaters uh like putting it on a movie channel like stars or hbo or in an airplane or renting you know you you can go rented uh universal has made a deal for its movies that at first might seem contradictory peacock its corporate cousin with nbc universal is going to get an exclusive window on universal movies But you may have also read or heard that Amazon Prime Video and IMDb TV are getting those same movies. Let us explain. Starting in 2022, live action and animated movies will go to Peacock no more than four months after they premiere in cinemas. Sooner in some cases. This is what they call in the industry the pay one window which doesn't mean you pay one person it means this is the first of the pay windows peacock's going to get those movies exclusively for four months once they get them they get them for four months peacock will be the only place you can see it then for 10 months all the live action so not dreamworks or illumination movies are going to amazon prime video and they'll be exclusively available for amazon prime video for 10 months so theaters for four months then peacock for four months then amazon prime video for 10 months also amazon's getting some of the older library titles from universal as well like jurassic park etc at the end of the 10 months the movies go back to peacock for four months so basically the pay one window is 18 months and peacock and amazon are splitting it up peacock gets the first four months amazon gets 10 months and then peacock gets four months after that They go into a different window, uh, which is library rights. That might leave them on Peacock or it might move them around. Uh, It might be non-exclusive. That's a whole different thing. But the new deal is for that pay one window, that 18 months. So why is IMDb TV part of this conversation? IMDb TV is getting movies that are in what is known as the television window. Uh, That's the one which comes after the pay one window and gives you exclusive rights to stream some live action and animated movie releases from 2020 and 2021. This is when they used to go to TV, when you used to see the ABC movie of the week. That was the TV window. I don't know about you, but I kind of see this as streaming services becoming the new premier cable channels, the movie channels, and ad-supported TV servers like like IMDb TV are sort of the broadcast TV equivalent, Brian.
2: Uh, Tom, and I mean this with all sincerity, that was the clearest this has ever been explained to
1: thank you three four
2: do you ever wonder why people pirate movies <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay but the only thing i'll say in response to that is you can also buy or rent it throughout this entire period right. you don't what, have what, to and, go to and Pico.
2: as a matter of fact uh that's that's the true thing that i'm trying to say is yeah, is yeah. i i uh, depending on your perspective, I either waste slash tax deduct slash spend an awful lot of money on the convenience of just buying stuff straight from Amazon. There's a reason that I never see Rick and Morty the night that it comes out because it can't be bothered to figure out where it is and what service I'm already paying for. Oh, d- that dude, I'll, I'll
1: give you one more. The past two episodes of Rick and Morty, uh, I have DVR on AT&T TV now uh, and still paid to watch them. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see commercials. I don't so, even want to fast forward. There. Two
2: bucks. Two bucks. Beep, 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 Boo. Uh, it, It's uh, so, so uh, let's, let's take the, 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 the other, other P word off the table and, and just talk about like, this is a very legitimate reason why it's like, if you just decide I ain't going to spend money on nothing, I was going to buy whatever I want, whenever I feel like it, that uh, which is what I've done. I still think I'm saving a bundle over actually having cable or, or any over the top service at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of streaming services have the problem of, uh, you know, it's uh, analysis paralysis. You can't decide what to watch. Right. So, you know, in some ways, you know, it might make more sense for you to kind of curate your own queue. Right. But I I think this is an interesting uh, deal for them to make right now, because I know me personally and, you know, other people I've talked to, one of our biggest pain points for these streaming services is, oh, I'm gonna go watch Harry Potter. That's on uh, HBO Max, right? Because Warner Brothers owns it. Oh no, wait, that went over to Peacock for two months. So, you know, this seems like, the the deals that every every streaming service was like sorry this is an old deal you know the content will be back forever don't worry about it but then it seems like they're just going to make the same kind of deal again in this scenario
2: well and and back to tom's original point uh yes i definitely do agree that we're seeing a realignment for sort of an analog to what we used to know as the theatrical release, the VOD release, the cable television release, and the TV release, where we're basically these loose ideas of whether or not they're the exact same number of days or what have you, we are seeing that realignment come back together in terms of these weird deals.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the ways to look at this story uh, is not uh, to say like, "Oh, great, company's making it complicated for me," Uh, but to just see the inside baseball of like, "Hey, for Universal, you might have expected that NBC owns them, so it makes sense to keep all the money, put everything on Peacock." No, it doesn't. You can actually get money by saying, "Okay, we can live without it being on Peacock for ten months, as long as we get it back once you know once it goes in the library," Uh, in which case. Why not make the extra money? And Amazon is like, oh yeah, once we get these movies, then we can make a big deal that F9 available on Prime Video and do marketing around that and get some people to go, oh man, I've been wanting to watch that again. Yeah, I'm going to keep my Prime Video subscription, driving people that way. So if you had thought oh, well, all the Warner movies are going to go to HBO Max and all the Universal movies will go to Peacock and all the Viacom movies are going to go to Paramount Plus, et cetera, et cetera. It's probably not going to happen, which is annoying because there will be that what Bill's describing of like, wait, where's Harry Potter this week? Uh, right. mm-hmm. but there is ne- at least now you kind of understand why that's happening. And,
2: and to, to be clear, I'm actually okay with this because I do understand the fact that, um, let's say for example, National Geographic has an association, you know, with, with Disney plus or whatever, but also there's a lot of other outlets that would derive value from being able to say the words blah, 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 from National Geographic or blah, blah, blah. That's now the hottest new thing on some other channel. We now have the, the rights to all that stuff. Those things are not all equally valuable at the exact same time. So it does make sense that there would be a handing off. And I, I'm, I'm totally fine with all this, as complicated as, as, as it is and as derisive as I was about it.
1: Uh, and and that's, we're just talking about movies here. There's a whole different set of economics playing out with TV shows and we will have to see how that that shakes out because it may be more beneficial to to tightly hold on to at least popular TV shows and then be non-exclusive with the others. Viacom is non-exclusive with all the Star Trek stuff. They're like you pay us, you get to run it. Uh but but you know folks are holding tightly to the rights of Seinfeld, etc.
0: Yeah, I do think it's interesting some of the deals that streamers are making with some networks where I uh, I think it was that Girls 5 Eva that was airing on NBC and you know there it, it seems like you know if they're licensing out this streaming content, movies and stuff, if nothing else, it's working as a really good ad for the
1: service, right? Totally it's yeah, people yeah. in. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about what to watch and under surveillance. Not like estate, it's all about location, location. location. under surveillance. A long time ago, in a corporate universe far, <laughs> far away, <laughs> Zack Snyder pitched a Star Wars movie to Lucasfilm. This was before Lucasfilm was owned by Disney. It was not approved either before or after the sales that kept pushing it even after the sale. So he sat on it until now. Netflix has given the green light for Snyder to make a movie called rebel moon, which has all the copyrighted star Wars characters and references gone, but it's based on that same pitch for a star Wars movie to Lucasfilm. CNET describes the plot as quote, a peaceful colony sending a mysterious young woman to recruit interplanetary warriors and take on the armies of a tyrannical regent named Balisarius. So basically, it's a combination of Star Wars and Japanese director Akira Kurosawa's 1954 film Seven Samurai. There
2: may be a temptation to feel like this was a workaround or a gotcha or whatever, and this is the part where I remind you that one of the most successful movie franchises... Was based on one of the most successful book franchises, which was originally sold at, as as a, a, a an ebook that was before that fan fiction based on Twilight. I am, of course, talking about uh, Fifty Shades of Gray. So, like this happens all the time. Do not worry about it.
0: Yeah. And it's it's just a situation, too, where I think filmmakers, you know, they put so much time and energy into these these properties. And then if the IP uh, holder doesn't want them on it, they're not on it. And then they're like, well, I put a year into this thing. Why don't I just change, uh, you know, Darth Vader to John Hancock? And, you know, let's let's go off to the races and make it because I'm excited about the idea now. If they won't let me play with their toys. I'll just make my own choice. And and keep keep in
2: mind, let's say you originally write it about a vampire who wants to fall in love with a girl but is not allowed to or whatever. It's like, how mm -hmm. hard of a stretch is it to say, like, well, it's an android who is forbidden in the 22nd century from falling Mm -hmm. in love with his mistress or whatever. You know,
1: it's like it's not a stretch. I mean, Star Wars was. Fan fiction, Hidden Fortress. Correct, yeah. Uh, So Zack Snyder is just saying, I'm going to do a different Kurosawa film, which is a great pitch for Lucasfilm. I love this idea of saying, you know what? It doesn't have to have the IP. In fact, uh, and, and it's a little bit problematic to use Lucas's Star Wars as an example here because it's so fraught with feelings, but any franchise is going to go in a certain direction. Let's pretend we're talking about Marvel here. And you may love that direction, but that direction means they have to rule out certain things. Like, no, 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 this is the direction we're taking the franchise. We're not going to do this kind of story, that kind of story. That leaves it open for somebody to go, well, I want to tell a story that is like that. Okay, I can't use the names and the settings and the situations, but I can definitely tell a story that is different from that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. that. That's creativity. That's how human Yeah, creativity works. And I love this. I I would like to see more and I'd like to see it be transparent. Like, hey, this was an idea for Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel uh, that that didn't fit in that universe. No, no harm, no foul. Uh, I'm going to tell the story in a different way and I bet it's going to be great. Total hypothetical here. Imagine you're a writer,
2: director with an awesome pedigree that has made billions of dollars for, let's say, I don't know, Disney. And then some weird tweets surface from the past and suddenly you can't work for Disney and your entire franchise about a ragtag group of people who aren't heroes but not necessarily villains who come together to do some good uh all of a sudden you
0: do it for dc hypothetical total hypothetical
1: i don't know that sounds like suicide to me yeah
0: yeah I, I i i i can't just something squad Something
1: squad. yeah <laughs> uh
0: squad netflix goals. released Netflix released
1: a new trailer for the next season of The Witcher. Uh, it shows Geralt and Princess Cirilla, you know, bumping around the countryside. Geralt seems pretty sad because he thinks Yennefer's dead, but he's making do. Witcher returns, Netflix, December 17th. Who's excited? Tom, Bill,
2: is it time for me to finally watch The Witcher? Yes. Do, do I invite I... anyone else from my family to watch it with me, or do I just, that's is that my nighttime watch?
1: Josie. Jo- you think she'll be into <laughs> it? All right. Well, I think I think so. I do. All right, it's not. It's not. All I know center, is that Hen- All I know is that
0: Henry Cavill's in it, so Bonnie might be into it too. Yeah. All right. Fair yeah,
1: enough. Uh, Marvel released an official trailer for the What If? animated series. Uh, it shows plots that are not canon in the main MCU. Uh, so they're they're kind of fan fictioning themselves here. Uh, what if Peggy Carter got the Super Soldier Serum instead of Captain America? What if Yondu kidnapped Chala instead of Peter Quill? Stuff like that. Uh, what If comes to Disney Plus August
2: 11th. I uh, I've been very very excited about this franchise because I really enjoyed the comic book and I enjoyed uh, the the sp- the embracing of speculation that, that it brings, um, for the hype this received as a trailer, I was a bit surprised by how mm, annoyed would be too strong. a word distracted. I was by the voices being so different from the MCU actors that, that I heard. Is that just me? Is that, is that pedantic? Am I being dumb?
0: Uh, It it didn't affect me too much. I think it's probably because it's moving mediums from live action to sort of this, uh, you know, cell shaded animation that didn't stick out too much to me. Um, I I, I think it might also be because so many of the plots, it seems, in these episodes are about one character sort of taking the place of another character that maybe I wasn't like listening for Robert Downey Jr. necessarily because I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, he's going to be the Hulk or something.
1: What if Tony Stark was voiced by someone else? I mean, uh,
0: to, to be fair, that was pretty much the one note
2: song that what if always played was what if mm-hmm. uh, Wolverine was Spider-Man, you know, like that, like that <laughs> <Yeah>. was it.
0: What
1: if Anne was Galactus? Yeah, it definitely may. I, I definitely thought about it, Brian. I definitely was like, oh, yeah, that's not the same. It's pretty close, but it's not the same. But then immediately I went to the DC animated universe experiences I've had and been like, yeah, but when I watch Charlie Quinn, it's not Margot Robbie either. And I get over it and it's fun uh, and it's a good time. So I think I'll, I probably won't end up being a, a, a big deal. I, I, I am certain I don't know if it others.
2: is good, I will instantly fall in love with it. But it was really weird because it's a long enough trailer that I had the thought once and I was like, oh, stop that. And then I was like, Ooh, that voice is no way. Stop that. And then it, it, it happened like four times during this two and a yeah. half minute trailer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think I, you really need to get subsumed in a story for it to go away. A trailer is yeah. like the worst place to, get, to to pay attention to that for sure.
0: Uh, the one big question mark I have is I I just wonder with uh, everything, and we're going to talk about it later, everything that's happening with Loki and Multiverse of Madness and everything, if this is going to be like, if this... Series is actually going to matter to the Marvel Universe at large, because I mean, we could de- totally see these alternate versions of the characters they suppose in in these episodes, you know, maybe somehow work their way back into the main timeline,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm curious if it if it gets plugged in that way or if they ice if they wall it off and go like, no, 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 this is mm-hmm. pure speculation over here. Yeah. Amazon has officially ordered a second season of Good Omens starring David Tennant and Michael Sheen, and under the creative supervision of Neil Gaiman. Uh, who, of course, co-wrote the book with the late Larry Terry Pratchett. Uh, if it worries you that they're doing a season two when there's only a, a one book and they covered all the events of the book in season one, Pratchett and Gaiman sketched out a plot for a second book 31 years ago. Uh, and Gaiman tells the story of, you know, being in uh, conference hotel rooms in Seattle during World Fantasy Con. Uh, and the uh, the season will work from those notes. So if that helps, uh, know that.
2: I never read the wheel of time books, but I'm told that the people who really liked those books, uh, had a frustrating time with what was done with the sketches of how it was supposed to Brandon
1: Sanderson finished Mm. the series after Robert Jordan died from Robert Jordan's notes. Correct.
2: Correct. By the way, I'm in the middle of reading, like I'm on a Brandon Sanderson binge right now. Stuff's amazing. I love it. It's a, it's incredible. We need to have
1: you on sword and laser now. That's great.
2: Okay. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, no. I, I uh, 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 cautiously optimistic. That just—that's all you need to hear from me.
1: I, I, I think the difference is Neil Gaiman being involved in both. Right? It's not hmm. working just from notes. Gaiman was in the room chatting with Pratchett. Bill, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say. I think this might be one of the first examples beyond the games Game of Thrones stuff where an adaptation has sort of you know, spawned its own new series. Like I, I, I've i been a fan of this book for years and years and years. And I, I really loved the series too. And I was like, well, that was nice, but that's all there really is in the source material. Uh, I, it, it just really uh, kind of delighted me uh, that they were willing to go back in and address these characters again. Because Game and Fangirls are crazy pants about their stuff and about their Crowleys and whatnot. And uh, if, they, if they're feeling confident they can go in and do a new set of stories set in this universe, I'm 100% on
2: board. So uh, 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 just to to log this note in, uh, I I really, really liked American Gods, the book. Uh, I really only watched the first two episodes of the series. Uh, So so the Mm -hmm. fact that it's only Neil Gaiman, uh, uh, cautiously optimistic, that's me. I'm cautiously (laughs) optimistic, Brian.
1: All right. We got a few more notes here. A trailer's out for season three of HBO succession. Uh, no date on the trailer just says returning this fall studio canal announced production of Paddington three. Yes. Remember Paddington one and two are the greatest movies of all time. I was about
2: to say like, 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 uh, can they do a three P go? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Paddington three begins shooting in Q2 2022. Uh, An anthology animated series called Star Wars Visions arrives on Disney Plus September 22nd. This is nine short films from seven animation studios set in the Star Wars universe. Deadline and Variety are reporting that Amazon and Skydance are already in talks with director Chris McKay, screenwriter Zach Dean, and actors Betty Gilpin, Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons, and others to make a sequel to The Tomorrow War, which leads us to our Eyes On segment. Brian. You watched The Tomorrow War. I did, but
2: uh, uh, I'm sure uh, we'll talk about it in a few minutes. But in the meantime, I I, I, I pulled out an oldie. Um, uh, uh, oh, wait, hold on. On the Lookout changed. Uh, yeah, no, let's talk about on uh, uh, The Tomorrow War. If you have the opportunity to see the, the Tomorrow War with zero expectations, zero understanding or knowing a dang thing about it, just go see it right now. Don't expect much except for the delight, that rarest of all delights of being genuinely surprised by a continuous stream of like, really, they're gonna. Okay. Okay. It was so much fun watching this with the kids. Uh, I really enjoy it. Enjoyed it. My, the other thing we watched was a uh, chef from 2014, which my kids hadn't seen, which is also a delight.
1: I really enjoyed, uh, the, the tomorrow war. I, I, it It helped drown out fireworks so that our dogs didn't get really uh, crazy. <laughs> Now, I don't know if you'll take this as a positive or a negative, but I fell asleep through a small part of it and didn't get lost and still enjoyed it a lot.
2: Here's the thing. I think if I had seen even one trailer, it would have ruined the whole experience for me. Instead, not knowing anything, it felt like a 1970s uh, sci-fi novella. It felt felt like an over-the-top outrageous, like, uh, where do you think we're going? Nope, it's even crazier. And also bold choice to add a fourth act to a three-act story like there was definitely three acts the story was over the day was saved and they're all like what if we
0: just kept going
1: but <laughs> let's
0: just keep going why not
1: uh yeah bill what about you what have you been watching
0: i actually um i haven't seen the tomorrow war I everyone's talking about it so i need to uh but i have been watching on netflix right now it's an old abc sitcom called happy endings uh, that just ended up uh, a couple years ago. And I, I've really been enjoying it. You know, it has a uh, the son of, uh, I believe, Marlon Wayans uh, from In Living Color is one of the actors and also has Adam Pally. And uh, it, it's just a hilarious show about, you know, five single singles, two of them are about to get married. She leaves them at the altar and it just kind of goes on from there. I've kind of binged the entire three seasons in about a week. So highly recommended, really good, funny stuff.
1: Happy Endings. Who doesn't Not like Happy the endings. Uh, I wanted to check in on The Bad Batch, uh, the Star Wars uh, series, which I stopped watching for a few weeks and everybody told me to catch up and I caught up and I was like, yeah, I guess it's getting a little better. And then this week blew me away. If you are a Star Wars Rebels fan, absolutely catch up on The Bad Batch and get to the most recent episode. It will pay off. I won't tell you why, uh, but it's doing that Dave Filoni thing where it starts slow and it's kind of like, well, okay, I guess I'm getting to know these characters, except I already know these characters from Clone Wars in this case. And then it, then it, you start to see where he's going. Uh, and I I think, I think the Bad Batch um, might, might be worth it. So uh, check that out on Disney plus Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for?
3: Hey, I got a pick for us here. Um, I, I think we may have covered it briefly on the show, but now uh, uh, season two of, I think you should leave with uh, Tim Robinson is on Netflix. Now um, we, we, T- talk. We spent so much time talking about season one of I Think You Should Leave when it came out in all the way in 2019. Um, and then and then COVID uh, uh delayed season two, but it is out now. It is only six more episodes, they are still only about 20 also minutes or 12 long. 12
2: minutes long. I think I think they're 11 <laughs> to 13 minutes a pop. <laughs> That's
3: right. Um, and so so you get about an hour and a half of comedy, but it's good, it's very fast. Uh, I, I think that. That this show has a very good hit rate, uh, partly because it is only so many episodes and only so many sketches. Um, But I think that this season, the season two, they really kind of up their game. Um, Maybe not in terms of trying to make bigger sketches, I I wouldn't say. But I think that they've uh, really tightened up the ship uh, on the technical side. Um, And I think it's still very, 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 very fun and very... very rapid rapid fire um uh, if you kind of like slapstick or kind of loud uh some people have called it maybe cringy comedy uh, uncomfortable yeah. yeah and and uh, it was funny watching season two and hearing all, all this hullabaloo of you know uh i guess you know there are people who have different tastes um but but watching season two really made me go oh yeah i could see why someone wouldn't like this because it's just kind of a lot of yelling <laughs> and anger
2: well and and but it what was fascinating – sorry, not oh, – I, I think what, what
1: Bryce is trying to say is the comedy may not be co- as complicated as a shirt from Dan Flashes, but you'll <laughs> like it as much as a sloppy steak. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, so, so what was fascinating is I've watched most of season two twice. I watched it alone most? where 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 I – chuckled uh uh hero there uh but but in general i was like okay i get the one note oh they're just doing the one note again and again and again but there's something about having just one other person in the room with you when you're watching it where it becomes so much more like it's uncomfortable for you to be next to someone else watching them double down again and again and again. That makes it so much more interesting. So I, I strongly recommend see it with a friend. I, I think you're going to enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. And
3: and uh, again, it's very short. I mean, I, I remember showing season one to somebody. On a whim, and then we accidentally watch the whole thing because it's only like an hour and a half <laughs> yeah. for the entire season. So, uh, there that's 12 episodes of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix right now. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email it to us, please. Cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank
1: you, Brian. There's more than just Doghouse Systems powering modern Rogue.
2: Oh, that's right. Not only do they provide us, uh, I've used promo code Rogue, uh, doghouse slash Rogue. More importantly, you could support us with uh, my latest project uh in conjunction with justin robert young dog and pony studios uh donna dog and pony show, and pony show. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh I, 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 check out world's greatest con they're all out now we uh, we have four four episodes and a uh a mailbag episode uh it might be the best artistically arranged thing i've ever done like in terms of polish and storytelling and
1: a single it's a narrative gem. like like it's some, polished like a gem and it shines like one too it's amazing i'm not i'm not playing a gig here or joking or, or doing a bit it's uh, really so, good. so
2: so a thing i was not prepared for is somebody sent me an email saying hey have you considered just memorizing this whole story and doing it as a live show on the road because i would wow. sit and watch you tell this story this this mm-hmm. three-hour story on the road and 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 now we're we're having crazy thoughts like making it into a, like a triple, uh, uh, LP set of, uh, records or something. Uh, but, uh, it, it's, cool. it, I, it's really, really, really good. Uh, please check out world's greatest con on your podcatcher of your choice or head on over to uh,
1: GreatestConPodcast.com. Is that right?
2: Uh, sure. (laughs) Or just type in world's greatest. Look for world's greatest con where you find podcasts. You'll you'll find
1: it. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. All right. Uh, folks, no, seriously, go find it. It's worth it. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. NFL Sunday Ticket. That's the thing that gets you access to all the NFL games. It's one of the most lucrative TV packages out there. I know there are blackouts, but most of the games. It's one of the most lucrative TV packages out there for the person who holds the rights to offer it. And that has a lot to do with the fact that DirecTV survived as a business because they had an NFL Sunday Ticket, but they're losing it. With AT&T oh. looking to sell DirecTV, does not seem willing to splash out on renewing the package when the contract is up in 2022. And the information sources say Apple might be willing to pick up the rights. The company has apparently expressed interest in acquiring the rights before the NFL has even opened negotiations. It's not how you negotiate, Apple, <laughs> but they're knocking at the door. Uh, and The Verge points out that ESPN Plus and Amazon Prime Video are very likely to be interested as well.
2: Uh, Meanwhile, Samsung has had a Pluto TV-like streaming service available on its TV and some other devices for a while now. It's the typical ad-supported streaming presentation in a cable TV-like grid. But now anybody can watch it, as Samsung has created a SamsungTVPlus.com, which works pretty much like any web browser. Uh, Samsung also added the ability to cast it to Chromecast devices. Samsung also uh apparently pushed the site live in may but has not yet marketed it
1: yeah so any browser samsung tv com, you can watch it i don't know why samsung made it if they're not going to tell anyone to use it
2: also like like it's not like everyone's beating down the doors saying like where's our samsung <laughs>
1: <laughs> or when will i finally get an alternative to zumo right come on <laughs> their back end's
0: uh, probably not there they're probably waiting to you know, market it until mm. open up the floodgates mm. until their back ends better.
1: It could be, it could be, you know what, that bill, you may have nailed it. It could be, they want an alternative for people who are like, I love watching it on my device, but sometimes, and I'm mm. not around my device. Can I watch it elsewhere? And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. We'll create a web version. Just don't tell anybody else. Cause it'll, <laughs> it'll fold like a paper bunny. Uh, bill if anybody Diggs else
3: nailed it. it. <laughs>
1: Netflix expanded their deal with Shonda Rhimes to invest in her programs uh, to diversify Hollywood. So Netflix is going to sink some money into that program, uh, opening the door for some feature films and exclusively produce and distribute potential gaming and VR content. That's right. Netflix and Shonda Rhimes have a deal to make virtual reality stuff based on her shows like Bridgerton. This would take it well beyond occasional experiments like interactive storytelling or mobile games into VR gaming for real. Netflix's Greg Peters indicated in April that Netflix thinks, quote, games are going to be an important form of entertainment and an important modality to deepen that fan experience. Brian, I'm always. I've been looking for like, what's that next step? Netflix is already always one step ahead. They did streaming when everybody thought streaming was dumb, and and that saved them when DVDs went under. What is this? It is this the next step? On, do you think?
2: I'm so sorry, man. I'm on the phone with 1994. They're saying the same thing you're saying, though, man. It really is the information superhighway. is going to be incredible. A VR extravaganza. I can't wait.
1: Video games in Nintendo? the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no. So your answer is no. You I don't mean, think my is-
2: my answer is like like look. Uh, uh, eventually they'll be right. Just like this broken clock. Eventually it'll be midnight oh seven. But
1: Netflix is always right. <laughs> okay. That doesn't mean they always will be right. Past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. But if they're pointing at this, do they know something we don't? No. What they know
2: no. is, that, <laughs> is that is that is that is that games in general are an increasingly expanding market and. They know that these are buzzwords that investors are going to want to hear. Uh, or they
1: know that uh, Shonda Rhimes in a meeting was talking about a Bridgerton VR experience and they needed to make sure in her contract that they got any money that came out of that. Yeah. That or or, or her
2: agent said like, oh, yeah, make sure to mention the VR experience. They, they love yeah, it when yeah. you say mention that Pluto is a planet. <laughs> they love that. Uh, sorry. (laughs) Starting August thirteenth, ESPN Plus will go from sixty dollars a year to seventy dollars a year, and the monthly plan will go from six bucks to seven bucks a month. This will not increase the price of the Disney bundle, which stays at thirteen ninety nine a month. Uh, that last part I think is the most important part.
1: Yeah, especially because I subscribe through the bundle, so it means my (laughs) price won't. Uh, Apple signed a deal with producer Alexander Rodinyansky's company, AR Content, to make Russian language and multilingual shows for Apple TV+. Rodnyansky has produced Cloud Atlas, Sin City, A Dame to Kill, and Machete Kills as well as Russian films Leviathan and Beanpole, which won awards at the Cannes Film Festival and were Best Foreign Language Film Oscar nominees. Uh, The shows will be written and directed by Russians, as well as some other international creators. But it's Apple's biggest move into non-English production yet.
2: So, I, 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 I... I'm surprised we're not seeing more of this because we talked a few years ago about uh, what was that Bryce that science fiction show from Brazil the 101 or something 3% Uh yeah yeah there we go uh, uh like uh, and meanwhile even on our YouTube channel we've got some fans in Russia uh, of of the Modern Rogue who are like hey can we just can we just translate all your stuff and dub it and and it's like yes let us know if you make money and then we'll talk again. And they're doing it just for fun. They take old episodes and they just double them into Russian and, and they send us stickers occasionally. When
1: you say you're surprised (laughs) we're not seeing more of this, what is the, this you're referring to? And, uh, And the reason I ask is Netflix is all over foreign language productions, <laughs> local productions. HBO Max has been venturing out into that. Viacom CBS has launched all over the place. Disney Plus gets most of their their subscribers from Hotstar in India. So I feel like there's lots of international collaboration and Apple's late to the game. There is of, a but lot. But what are you looking at? There
2: is a lot of it happening, uh, but but in terms of, for example, number of times we mention it on this show, you know, it's like once every two months or so. Well, that's because you
1: told is, me you don't want to hear about anybody who's not American, that's so I don't that, that, Okay, <laughs> okay,
2: that, that number one, that's not true. Number two, uh, uh, the uh, the other thing is there's so many other opportunities. Like for example, uh, let's take uh, uh, Scam School, Scam Nation. There's 800 episodes of that. I don't understand why somebody hasn't said, "Hey, I I just want to do everything beat for beat an episode." In, in Hindi, in Chinese, in whatever, like, uh, like, uh, uh, there's so many good stories that are, that we've already seen. For example, uh, remember when Breaking Bad went, uh, 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 they did a South American version, uh, with, with, uh, Walter Blanco uh, in, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, um,
0: metastasis yeah
2: yeah yeah exactly uh like like it seems like we should have so much more of of that of, of everybody just stealing from everybody else this remix culture i was uh four years ago i would have been very bullish on it but now i'm not seeing as much of it as i as well,
1: i would like i think you answered your question right is that it's rights nobody's nobody's gonna uh, unless, the, the, you know, they're a little bold, people are not going to go and remake somebody else's thing these days because of the intellectual property environment that has been created of, you know, if you rip somebody off, you'll get the hammer. And so what's happening is people are going around saying, let's negotiate for rights to do that. Or I think even better, not remaking stuff, making new stuff and saying, hey, Rodniansky, uh, you make great Russian stuff. Make some great Russian stuff for us. I mean, also I have to
2: admit i just got totally busted because earlier in this same episode i just praised the fact that all you have to do is trade androids for vampires and it's a totally new story (laughs) so so i don't see why you wouldn't do that google tv has launched a watch with me series that features lists of movies curated by celebrities the first list will be movie selected by the actress laverne cox it'll include moonlight the color purple pretty and pink and the matrix among others this sounds great
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish it had more to it. And when I say more, uh, they have a nice video where Laverne Cox explains like, this is what I chose. This is why I chose it. Wouldn't it be awesome if she recorded herself while watching it? And when you were watching it with her, you were literally watching it with her, maybe not live, but recorded. Uh, I don't know if
2: that's better or a version of, of for lack of a better phrase, the, the Elvira experience where the movie paused for a moment and mm. in the style of Joe Bob Briggs or Elvira or whatever. A, I don't think it's an either or I think, yeah, yeah that's yeah. another
1: way of doing it That'd be fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to see, uh, you know, DVD commentaries come back though. And that seems like a good way to get there.
1: Hmm. Let's get to some dispatches from the front. writes, seeing as I have my mom on YouTube TV, it was the easiest interface for her to use. I signed up for the 4K plan as she will want to watch the Olympics in the best quality possible. I even signed up for the added sports package. I went through and organized the channels. So all the listed 4K channels were at the top for easy access. But when I go to watch live, the 4K channels don't show up. Seems YouTube TV has a weird policy. Unless there is programming showing up in 10 days that is 4K, the channel will not be listed. I also inquired about that local channels over the air and cable are always 4k or high def. And they wouldn't give me a straight answer, but it appears it's a contractual thing. And only if the local station wishes to offer 4k streams to YouTube TV. Oh, well, we'll keep it now to see the Olympics side note. T-Mobile customers can get $10 off their monthly subscription to YouTube TV, but you got to cancel your subscription and re-sign up. That would make the 4K plan something to keep for a year, maybe under the special YouTube TV pricing. Have a magical day, smiley face, player. So uh,
2: this is only peripherally related, but uh, yesterday I I got a note, uh, uh, Bryce was looking for all of the source files for a certain episode of, of uh, that we put on the Scam School channel. And uh, I, I I knew it was somewhere on the disk station at home, and I hopped on the closest computer, and I didn't notice that it was logged in as my daughter Calliope, who has a kid's account. And I spent, I kid you not, like 30 minutes, like trying to figure out what year and month this thing came out, and it wasn't showing up. And eventually I figured out, Oh my God! I bet it was marked. This is not made for kids. And so I went to an incognito browser and was able to fr- find it. So, so apparently YouTube is pretty good about all of that filtering, as long as you're logged in. I assume.
1: Well, that's YouTube, not YouTube TV. But I, I sure, get sure, sure, it, sure, sure. Uh, but I'm reminded... saying Google
2: in general seems yeah, to yeah. seems to have systems in place.
1: I think what's going on here. I I think the reason they keep 4K channels from showing up if there's no 4K content coming is so you don't get confused as to like wait that's not 4k uh and, and that's that's kind of trying to help the user from being confused i don't love that personally because i feel like i'm smart enough to tell the difference but i i get why companies might want to put that sort of system in there why the tv channels aren't in 4k isn't just a contractual thing it isn't just a contractual thing it's cuz the tv channels have to provide a 4k stream and that's expensive uh, and those local channels probably don't want to pay to do that
2: uh, so, meanwhile, uh, two quick notes. Number one, uh, we were off for, for two weeks, and, and I don't want to say you guys are slacking in, in, in the listeners, but please, please, please send us emails at cordkillers at gmail.com. Or do uh, That's fine. No. Be, 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 I no. have one job. I have one no, job listen. to prepare for this thing outside Folks, of watching all of the shows, reading all of Brian. the articles and all that stuff.
1: Don't, don't, don't run him ragged. Don't send us any emails.
2: Okay. I'm going to read this full message now. <laughs> David writes in saying, Brian, I should be upset with you. You let me wait until now to buy a gaming computer from Doghouse Systems. Turns out they have exceeded all of my expectations and still managed to delight this customer with their high quality. Uh, uh, basically, he says a bunch of nice things about Doghouse Systems oh, great. And, and, and world's greatest cons. So thank you very much. Uh, use yeah, promo code says, Roga. I out.
1: should be upset with you for making me pay all this money, but your world's greatest con podcast is just amazing. So let's call it even. I love that. That's great. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, don't send us any emails to Killers at gmail.
2: You don't listen to this guy. He's a heretic. CourtKillers
1: Com is not the address you want to send an mm. email of, with your insightful commentary. Mm. Why would we want that?
2: Especially if you disagree with me. Those are my favorite.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no. Every listen. I don't want to hear from you if you agree, if you disagree, or at all. Tom. Yes? Tom. What? I'm just going to keep saying Tom. (laughs) Brian, we'd have to say (laughs) goodbye to Bill at some point. Yeah. I mean,
0: what, has he got something to plug?
1: Uh, yeah, Bill, do you have something to <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah, I'll just uh, point everyone towards uh, Billmeeks.com. Links to everything I do is up there. Uh, check it out, it's really cool and stuff.
1: Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is not cordkillers at gmail dot com. Do not send me an email. We're yeah, live Tom, on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Tom. Mondays at seven p.m. Eastern, four p.m. Pacific. Don't email us! Tom.
2: I see it. Hey Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on?
1: I'm just hanging out here, watching the scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing?
2: Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons. All these wonderful. I'm sorry, names. I'm
1: too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, Patreon.com/slash/CordKillers would be the place to go.
2: I mean, they're, yeah. scra- they're, they're scratching our itch, like because we're addicted. I think addicted. as long
1: as it's consensual, like
2: it's we're fine. we're addicted to their money and love.
1: Might as well face it. Well, (laughs) God damn it.
2: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program.